I'm Leslie Golden. I'm in for Brian. It's Kilmeade and Friends, 866-408-7669. I see you lined up there on the phones. I promised to take you. We're talking about the Iran deal and if it's a good deal or a bad deal or is the world safer because of this. But first, I have to go to Mark Thiessen, Fox News contributor and former chief speechwriter for President George W. Bush. Hi, Mark. How are you doing, Leslie? All right. So if you watch certain news outlets, it it would it is like Obama has reached Kissinger status with this deal. But I'm I'm a very black and white person, and I think the deal stinks for two important reasons. And here are my two, and then I want your analysis. Number one, 24-7 access isn't. The, Iran, the Iranians can legally delay inspection for about almost a month, if not outright deny it. So, um, so that isn't really inspection at all, given how clever they've been at concealing their, their nuclear activities prior to this. Uh, giving them 24 days notice uh, of an inspection doesn't really seem to me like 24-7 access. And secondly, the snapback sanctions also seem like a joke to me. Um, Iran will have signed trade deals with Russia, with China, with Germany. The pressure uh, against putting those sanctions back by these countries will be enormous. And two of those two of, of those three countries have vetoes on the U.N. Security Council. So tell me where I'm wrong. Uh, you're not wrong. Uh, you're 100 percent right. And it's even worse than that. Uh, the, the truth is, is that so what this deal does is it dismantles the sanctions regime without dismantling the Iranian nuclear program. So the the most of these restrictions on the nuclear program, they, they continue to first of all, they continue to be able to have a nuclear program and spinning centrifuges, though, though in a more limited way. Uh, but they continue to develop that. And that that expires in uh, in about 10 years and the most of that in 10 years. Then you've got restrictions on ballistic missiles, which have nothing to do with the nuclear issue, but they threw in at the last minute and we've said, oh, here's a signing bonus. We restrict their b- development of b- b- ballistic missiles. That disappears in eight years. The restrictions on conventional weapons dis- uh, disappear in five years. Uh, so what will happen is Iran gets an immediate flush of cash uh, that it can use to fund terrorism. Their nuclear program can continue to develop so that they can get to the point where they can produce, break out with not just one or two warheads, but dozens of warheads. And uh, they also were also letting them develop the ballistic missiles they need to deliver those warheads. If you have a peaceful nuclear program, you don't need ballistic missiles, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's a peaceful nuclear program. And so, you know, in 10, 12 years, they can break out of this agreement, become a nuclear state with with ballistic missiles able to reach us and without even violating the agreement. Hmm. So so the, they can actually get a weapon without violating the agreement. Everybody thinks that, like, Iran wanted to break out as a nuclear power today. They really don't. They want to be a threshold nuclear power that's threatening that. They want to have the capability of breaking out. So what we've done is we've taken something away from them that they didn't want to do anyway, which is break out as a nuclear power, but allow them to continue developing so they can do it later, and they get a ginormous financial reward as a result. You know, there's a lot of uh, talk and and hand-wringing and screaming on Capitol Hill about, uh, you know, uh, voting the deal down and then having enough votes to overwrite the presidential veto that will come with that. But does it even matter? Because although the president is um, prohibited from immediately relieving the sanctions that were congressionally approved, there's other sanctions, U.N. sanctions and even U.S. sanctions that didn't go through a congressional process that he can lift immediately. Correct? So the money's going to start flowing to Iran no matter what. Yes, that is. But also, there's no way that Congress is going to stop this bill, uh, this this deal. 
they can't do it. And here, and here's the here's the most enervating part for for your listeners and for me, which is that we've been talking a lot about all the all the concessions that Barack Obama made mm-hmm. in the last few weeks to the Iranians. The worst capitulation was by congressional Republicans. Congressional Republicans passed a bill, the Corker bill, that allows the president to ram this thing through Congress. Mm-hmm. Nor- the normal process for approving an international agreement is that they have to have an affirmative vote to approve the agreement, right? So President Obama would have had to get a majority of, of uh, the Senate and the House to vote in favor of the agreement, which is something he couldn't do. Corker flipped it around so that we have to vote it down. Which means that because of because Obama can veto any resolution of disapproval, we have to get a supermajority to kill it, which we'll never do. And worst of all, because it's a supermajority, it gives cover to a, you know a few dozen Democrats to vote no, even though they know they're not killing the bill. So they get political cover for voting no. I just like Schumer, I, was... I guarantee you, will vote no. Right. Oh, that's exact. You must have been listening the last time. And that's exactly what I was uh, arguing with Mike Emanuel, is that those Democrats that pretend to be friends of Israel, like Chuck Schumer and Carl Levin and so forth, well, you need 13 to join the Republicans in the Senate to kill the bill. So 12 of them can get cover with a no exactly. vote, right? And then the, the and then the president doesn't face an embarrassing, you know, veto override. You're 100 percent, but Republicans built that. Mm. The congressional Republicans, Senator Corker is responsible for doing that. So we, the worst concession of all was the was not the concessions Obama made to the Iranians. It was the concessions that Senator Corker and the Republicans made to Barack Obama to allow him to ram through this agreement. We should not be having, a, we should not have ever passed a bill that allows the president to uh, to to do require a supermajority to kill his bill because it's not going to happen. Mark, two quick questions for you. Okay, first, um, I, I'm was reading an article uh, posted by Representative Donald Byer who says he's going to vote for the bill because uh, the Iran's nuclear program will be under lock and key ca- and cameras, 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, with 24/7 access. Is is that even remotely true? No, it's not even remotely true. It's just not true. And you know, we we supposed we we started out. Our starting position was twenty four hours a day uh, to uh, seven days a week uh, inspections, and we got twenty four days. So you know, you can clear up anything in twenty four days and hide anything in twenty four days. They've got they can contest it. Uh, there, there's the and this is not an intrusive inspections regime, and it's but that's that's presuming they want to cheat. Mm. They're not going to cheat. Uh, my prediction to. is they won't cheat because they, they don't need to cheat because we've created a bill that makes that allows gives them a path to a nuclear weapon and the missiles to deliver it with, all within the, t- the walls of the accord. So they uh, don't need to cheat to get a nuclear weapon. Okay, my second question is for those in favor of the deal said that the sanctions, uh, the agreement on sanctions was falling apart anyway. So even though this it, is a lousy deal, it, it was better than the alternative. You know, it's funny. Those they were making the opposite argument during the Iraq War. <laughs> during the Iraq War, they're saying, "Oh, Saddam Hussein is under sanctions." Mm-hmm. Well, you know that, that that and 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 we and the Bush administration was saying the sanctions are falling apart, and they said, "No, no, no, that's ridiculous." So now they're making the opposite argument. It, it, it's it's absurd. The sanctions. You know, you know why the sanctions would fall, be falling apart because of a lack of presidential leadership. <laughs> if, he, if if Barack Obama was doing his job, the sanctions wouldn't be falling apart. And that, and if you talk about sanctions falling apart, that really isn't – no wonder we got a bad deal because okay. the Iranians hear that and they think 
yeah, we can take get whatever we want. And and is his reason for doing this deal, if it is a weak deal, as we say, is it for legacy? Is it to sort of run out the clock so he can get out of office without, uh, you know, anything uh, noticeably awful happening with the Iranians? It's a co- problem. Pom- uh, it's a combination of legacy and kicking the can down the road for the next president to deal with. Mm. I mean, you know, with, with his strategy in Iraq with ISIS is to just hold him down enough so that the next, he can hand it off to the next president without like Baghdad falling and let, let them deal with the problem. Mm. This is you know, this is going to be some other other president's problem. Right. You know, part of your job as president is to leave a legacy to your successors so that it's an easier world to deal with, not a worse. And the reality is, the next president is going to inherit one of the most dangerous international situations we've ever had in the history of this country, and it's going to be because of Barack Obama's policy. It is amazing that 17 or 18 people want the job. (laughs) (laughs) You have to be crazy to want that job, I'll tell you. Mark, thank you. Mark Thiessen, Fox News contributor, former chief speechwriter for George W. Bush.